0: ongoing the fire of the upper room And Spotify, as well as Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, Podbean, and SoundCloud. You're wondering why there are two shofars. I want to share with you. The first shofar is to announce the beginning of the porch and I guess my arrival. The second shofar, which is completely different, takes us into the work. I didn't believe that I deserved the same shofar as the Lord. So it's gonna be different. It's the way we're gonna do it. We're glad you're here. If you're looking to be a part of the Book of Acts Church, this is the place to be. Don't if you're going somewhere and you are a part of a, a fellowship, remember, we are the church. You don't go to church, you fellowship in a building with other believers. But if you're looking for more, you're looking for the red letter basics, you want to be prepared for the days ahead. We welcome your presence. If you're a part of the community, we uh we appreciate you, appreciate your support, pray for you. And uh, that's how we start out. We start out with praise reports and prayer requests. If you'd like to be a part of that, go to firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, and I will get it. If you get it to me before 6 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, I will include it. Even if you don't want it included, send it to me or the porch at firefalltalkradio.com, and we will pray for you. Starting out, praise reports. If you don't want to be a part of that, that's great. I appreciate the fact that you're here and you're listening. Go to the sound of the second shofar. But the reason I start out, praise first. You don't go into his presence without praising him. So we praise him for loving us. He's our Abba Father. We praise him for sending the Lord to die for us. Praise him for our salvation. Without that, we have nothing. Nothing else matters. You can have religion. You can have all the bells and whistles and the dog and pony show, but without salvation, you have nothing. Praise him for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, which helps us to walk this walk. Personally, I praise him, not just for my salvation, not just for the Holy Spirit, which I do every morning, by the way. I praise him for my wife, for my sons, my daughter-in-laws, my grandson, our furry kids. Everything we have comes from him. Praise him for this technology, being here with you, being able to do this in the family business. Still waiting for my business card, but they seem to be a little late. Um, I love being a part of his business. I love being a part of the family business. I love sharing this word with you. So that's a praise. I praise the fact that we are new creations, living in prophetic times, watching prophecy being fulfilled, every day. I hope you're paying attention to that. Don't get so caught up in the news and politics and all the cares of this world. Focus on the kingdom. Seek first his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So I do. I I praise him for that. I praise him for being able to do that. I praise him for the ability to understand and to know and to have a word, to be able to read it and study it, we have so much more than the book of Acts Church had. Pray for their leadership. I pray for our Jewish brothers and sisters and all the believers there that believe in Yeshua. I pray for the church, for all of you. Every day, this is how I how I do it. I'm not telling you to do it this way. I'm just giving you an idea and an example. I praise the Lord. I do all those things. I pray for the fatherless and the widows, the persecuted, the poor in spirit, the bound, the oppressed, those that are victims of injustice. I pray for the victims in and out of the womb. I pray against human trafficking. I pray for them to be found, and for those that do it to be brought to justice. I pray, for, I pray against injustice. Now I know as well as you, that there won't be true justice until the King of Kings returns. But I pray that those that are in positions to do something will. I pray for America and its leadership, or lack thereof. I've been fighting a little bit of a cold since Saturday, so my voice may be a little raspy and dry out. I pray that America would do what it's supposed to do to be a nation that claims that we glorify the Lord. Whether that's true or not, we don't have time to go into that, but whatever. So I pray. I pray for you. I pray for you to be healed. I pray for you to be blessed. I pray for our family members to be saved, healed, and delivered. I pray for you to have the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the gifts and the fruit. Can't have one without, well, you can have one without the other, but you won't be effective. You will be dysfunctional if you have one without the other. So I pray that you would have that pray for your safety. I pray for my safety. That's Psalm 91 covering upon us, our homes, our families, our furry kids, you call them pets, I call them furry kids, and possessions. All of this technology, being here with you every week, being able to communicate with you, whether in the Facebook messenger group or um, in one of the social media platforms or by email. Many of you are long distance. I really sincerely pray every day, Larry and I do, have the ability to come visit you, spend time with you. That would be a tremendous blessing to me. I hope it would be to you too. I know that you're a part of the remnant. How do I know that? Because you're listening to me. I'm not traditional church. I don't look traditional. I don't act traditional. Um, Tried that. Didn't work. Well, it kind of worked, but it wasn't what the Lord wanted. We are the remnant. We are the ones that have made it through the fire, made it through the flood, made it to the other side, kind of like Israel. The second batch of citizens that made it into the promised land after the first group died off. That was a remnant. They were what was left over. They made it into the land of promise. We're making it into the land of promise. We're crossing over. We have to battle some giants along the way. I'm good with that. I pray for the blessings we need to do everything he's called us to do that would glorify him. The money would be for him and his kingdom, not for us, not for selfish reasons. This is only about him and furthering the kingdom of God. So I hope you pray with me every day for that money to be released. We know it's there. The Lord said it's imminent. So I know it's there. We pray against any interference. We pray against anything that would slow it down. We want to be able to bless Firefall and SRT and uh, a ministry out in California called Media Focus that we are a supporter of and other things. We want to be conduits of his blessings to get free of the fallen world system and to tear down the strongholds of the enemy. So, Father, I come to you on behalf of this community and as your son, as your servant. First of all, I want to tell you how much we love you. You are awesome. You are Abba, Daddy, Papa. We can't even fathom how much you love us, except for knowing that you sent Yeshua to die for us. So thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for coming. Thank you for doing everything you did giving us an example of how to live and showing us the way. I don't want to thank you for the cross because of what I did to you, but I thank you for the outcome. We are, I am anyway, overwhelmed by what you did. I, I can't even fathom it. But Because of your blood, we are free. Because of your blood, we are reconciled to the Father. Because of your blood, the enemy has no power over us. By your stripes, we were healed. We are healed. We are redeemed. Thank you for that. Thank you for sending back the Holy Spirit to, to walk with us and teach us and to encourage us. I am amazed. I am truly truly amazed at how awesome you are holy spirit thank you thank you for putting up with us i know sometimes it's got to be frustrating i know i'm i get frustrated about me can't even imagine how you feel but the grace and the love of god is so sweet so bless us guide us take care of us show us what you want us to learn tonight we bind the enemy. We bless the technology. We call for open eyes, open ears, prepare your hearts, get ready for the word. If you agree with me, just say amen. lessons are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So your Bibles are open, your apps are open, whatever you do to follow along, I know you're ready because the second shofar sounded. So I want you to imagine something with me. Imagine you're living in a cramped dusty room there's no lights or windows you've spent your entire life in this atmosphere the smothering dank depressing atmosphere you've been there so long you've adapted to it and you believe that it's normal suddenly someone opens the door the door opens it cracks and they start smashing holes in the walls from the outside and the ceiling and they're letting the air in and the light in and you suddenly see that they're holding in their hands this uh, T-shaped beam of wood and this, this cross is banging hold and it's setting you free and it's bringing light into your darkness. Now suddenly you know what it feels like to be out of darkness and to be in real light. That's what happens when the cross comes into our life. We're living these compressed depressed lives we don't even know it we've never seen true light so we don't know what it is I mean if you if you lived in darkness and all you had was a little bulb you would think that that was the brightest light there was until you finally see the brightest light there is so you're finally awake you didn't even know you were asleep I know it's what it felt like for me after becoming born again and being set free and taken out of the darkness. As I've said, it suddenly everything got brighter. I didn't even realize how dark my life was. I didn't realize how dark I was till I had people tell me what it looked like. The cross is where we should be focused. Now, you have to get away from the cross to get to the empty tomb in the upper room, but the cross is the landmark. It's what holds you on course, and we should never forget it. And for whatever reason, I have noticed, not just in the teachings, but in the memes I create and the things I post on social media, the Lord has been leading me to focus on relationship with him the simplicity of the gospel, bringing it into this laser-like focus. And and I guess we all start out with this wide beam of light and we're interested in everything. We want to read everything. We want to study the Nephilim and prophecy and eschatology and the stars and all this other stuff. But then the longer you walk with him, the more personal you become with him that's really not the focus anymore at least it shouldn't be it becomes more and more about him so that's what we're going to do go with me to john chapter 3 i want to build a case for you i'm going to start with verse 17 but ever since we talked about how the bible was written i will tell you the chapter Maybe I'll tell you the first verse. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll expect you to go find it. You're going to start understanding the word in its totality. You're going to hopefully understand the word the way it was written. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God, that they have been clearly seen. That's what this is about, seeing clearly. Ephesians 5, but all things that are exposed are made manifest by light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead and Messiah will give you light. Just as he said, let there be light in the beginning, And there was light. He does that for us spiritually when we become born again. But when we become awake in the light, just like Adam and Eve did after they fell, they suddenly saw themselves for what they were. We do that too. Even after salvation, even after being forgiven. This is a short period of time that you remember. Being awake in the light exposes us. It exposes everything about us, heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. We're exposed to our sinful nature. We're exposed to the need for a savior. We're exposed to his love, his grace, and his mercy. We're exposed to his holiness. Reconciliation to the father, which is what that was about. Brought an awakening to our true spiritual nature. Spiritually, it brought us back to what Adam understood in the garden. We don't have that physically yet. Boy, will that be great when that happens. But we don't have that yet. But spiritually, we're back to what Adam understood in the garden. The connection to our Heavenly Father. And as the song says, I can see clearly now. I don't know if that means anything to you. I hope it does. But to the book of Acts Church, it meant a lot. And I want to talk first about the elements of the original awakening for the church. First thing that they needed to do to enter into this awakening is in Luke 24, which really Luke 24 could have been Acts 1 or Acts 1 could have been Luke 25. Really, you could have just kept going. But Luke 24, Yeshua said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary, for the Messiah to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Then you are witness of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. That indued means to soak into like a dye in a garment. So it begins at Jerusalem. This awakening begins at Jerusalem because Jerusalem is the apple of God's eye. And it spreads outward from there to envelop the rest of the world. So now you're awake, you've been empowered. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit, the rock HaKodesh, has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So we know that the power is to allow us to be witnesses, because if you're awake, you want to wake other people up too. The next step in this awakening is that the, this newly formed organism, I'll call it that, comes together in unity of purpose, in mind, body, and spirit. And that happens in the upper room when the 120 are waiting. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and we know what happened. A mighty rushing wind came in and tongues as of fire sat upon each of them and shook the building, shook the area around them because other people outside felt it and heard it. So now we have a manifestation of this awakening, the dispensation of the Holy Spirit with external evidence, both the tongues, the wind, and the shaking. If you're awake, if the church, us, are awake, There should be some sign of it. We shouldn't look like we're asleep. We should be moving around. We should be making a sound. We should be doing something. And that rushing mighty wind that filled the whole house and the tongues of fire, that dunamis, that explosive nature of the Holy Spirit, that self-replicating power entered into them. And force them out of that room. And what did it do? The next phase of an awakening is the boldness to preach the gospel, to tell the truth, to tell the good news to others. I mean, who wants to be awake alone? If you've ever been in a house full of people and you're the only one awake, wake up the people you care about. Open their eyes too. And Peter, and we talked about last time about all things Peter had to go through, all things work together for good. We talked about what he had to go through and the denial of the Lord and the experience of that and being reconciled to us. But he needed that for this moment. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Peter was called. He had a job. He needed to stand up. He needed to say something. He didn't know that. It was on the Lord's schedule. It was on the list of things to do Uh, about 9 a.m. Peter's going to stand up. He didn't know that. He hadn't gotten the memo yet. And Peter stands up with the other 11. All 12 are standing together and he raises his voice and says, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. Hey, I'm awake. I got something to tell you. I want to wake you up too. Not everybody wants to be awake. Sometimes when you try to awaken people so that they can be with you, they get angry. They want to sleep in. And that's what happens. People wanted to sleep in. The Pharisees wanted to sleep in. Sadducees wanted to sleep in. The religious leaders, the military, they wanted to sleep in. They did. For the most part, most of them didn't want to be awake. So the next thing that comes when you're awake is the boldness to deal with the persecution. It's in Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Now, Lord, this is after Peter and John have been arrested and flogged and told not to speak the name of Yeshua anymore. Now look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness, they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Yeshua. And when they prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy spirit began to speak the word of God with boldness. Wait a second, Richard, they were filled in the upper room. Keep the gas flowing, keep the fire going, keep that train moving. They have something to say, they have something to do. The next thing that happens when you have this kind of an awakening, when people open their eyes, Maybe your eyes aren't as open as they could be, but I'm hoping by the end of this time, you will. Peter was bold enough to tell these people he cared about because he called them brothers. He was bold enough to tell them the truth. This is in Acts 2. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that Hashem, God, has made this Yeshua, whom you crucified, both Adonai and Messiah, both Lord and Christ and the new King James and the regular King James. The man you killed, the man you cheered, to have Pilate put to death was Messiah. And suddenly, eyes start opening. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? When eyes are opened, families are created. So what does he do? Tells them the truth in love. He leads them to repentance, which then leads to conversion. You can't have conversion without repentance. So Peter said to them, Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Action and reaction. Repent, be baptized, receive the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you and your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. And and I really caught this today for the first time in verse 41. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Well, considering that there's probably tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people there, but that still doesn't matter. 3,000 people had their eyes open. That's 3,000 men, so we don't know women and children. 3,000 people were awake. These are the elements of a divinely inspired awakening. Every true awakening should have these elements. See, the New Testament, the Book of Acts Church was born out of this awakening. 120 became 3,120 that day. Then 8,120 the next day, and so on. It began to replicate, began to replicate so much so it frightened the religious leaders. You can't even imagine what Hasatan was doing, wringing his hands, going, if I would have known this, I never would have crucified him. But see, these people, they can see clearer than they've ever seen before. I still remember those moments of being born again and seeing clearer not just seeing myself, seeing all the lies I'd heard about the Lord and about religion and about the things I had been taught when I was growing up. But now that I can see this clearly, now what? Now what? Most people mess up at this point, at the now what point. They've had the awakening, they've had that moment, their lives are changed, and then somebody drops the ball and doesn't take them through the next phase. And that's where I want to take you. Now, maybe you've been through this already, but I want to get you to take other people through this point. Go with me. We're going to be in Matthew 16. And as a point of note, Matthew 16 correlates to Mark 8, Luke 9. The Word is built upon itself. Listen to a really great video today. This is off my notes about how important the Word is, how the book, the Bible, is the source of all books. that You write to me the porch at firefalltalkradio.com, and I'll send you the link. Now, when Shua came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say, I, the son of man, am, son of man, messianic term, goes back to Daniel, goes back even further than that. Again, I'm building my case. We've been here before, but to get you to where I'm going, I need to show you the process he took through the disciples as he awakened them. Some say, John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And she said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And also I say that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell, gates of Hades, shall not prevail against it. The gates of the underworld shall not prevail against it. The gates of the the abode of the dead shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Yeshua, the Messiah. And from that time, Yeshua began to show the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. This next scripture will confirm to you that he didn't pick religious scholars. He didn't pick people that were prepared for a religious calling. I did the finger thing, religious calling. Just like he sent them out and gave them authority before they knew anything other than his name. Peter pulls him aside and begins to rebuke the Lord, rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, that this shall not happen to you. And the Lord turns to Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Right there, Peter, because Satan has influenced them, is cross-eyed. He's got one eye on the Lord and and the kingdom, and he's got one eye on, on the things of the world, and he's telling the Lord what the Lord's not going to do because he doesn't know the messianic scriptures. He doesn't understand prophecy. If he did, he would have known that it had to happen. And then Yeshua says to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Assuredly, I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You're not getting to the next level with the Lord until your flesh is crucified. You're not getting the fruit of the Spirit until the flesh is dead. The works of the flesh are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousy, outburst of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Oh come on Paul tell us what you really think and think in Galatians 5. Don't hold back but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Messiahs have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. You must take up your cross In Galatians 5:19 through 21 must be out of your life, but the reward is you get the fruit of the Spirit. Those who belong to Messiah have crucified their godless human nature with all of its passion, its appetites, and its desires. And he makes it very clear there, the power of the law is negated by the grace of the Lord. That's important. Don't forget that point. We're going to keep moving on here in Matthew, to Matthew 17. All this ties together. There's a process here, awakening, revelation. Now after six days, Yeshua took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Yeshua, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. We're going to make a tab- tabernacle for the Lord, for prophecy, and for you, Yeshua? No, Peter, no. There should only be one tabernacle. It's him. He is the fulfillment of all things. He is the one that bridges the two prophets, the law and the power, and makes them one. See, Moses and Elijah represented the Old Testament, the personification of the law, Mount Sinai, and the prophets. The law and the prophets are fulfilled in Yeshua. All are one. Their presence was the indicator of the Old Testament scriptures for those that had been looking for Messiah and his kingdom. And what happens? Peter wants to build tabernacles. He wants to settle down. And the voice of Almighty God comes from heaven and says, listen to him. And while he was speaking, he being Peter at this moment, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. This is my son, my beloved, whom, whom I am and have always been delighted with. Listen to him. Clearly separating Yeshua from Moses and Elijah. This is not equal footing. He's telling Peter, put away religion, put away the desire to build things for me. And take the one that I've given you. Listen to him. I've identified my son to you. The same voice that John heard when he baptized his cousin Yeshua in the Jordan. Listen to him. He's different. He's unique. He's not like anything else you've seen before. Put your focus on him. Put your eyes on him. Get it off of the desire to build things and put them on him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. I know that feeling. I know I've shared this story, but maybe you're a new listener. We used to pray for the church, the the services, excuse me, old habit. We used to pray for the services of Christian heritage. We used to go on Saturday night. I'd show up at six and I'd stay pretty much most of the night, almost till 3 a.m. On this particular night, I was praying with my two brothers, prayer partners. We were in the sanctuary. I was in the middle back and the other two on the right towards the front. And all of a sudden, the presence of God came into the room. And without knowing how it happened, I am face down on the floor and I can't move. My other two brothers of the Lord and the Lord said they felt it and they were afraid. And I, and I kind of was too, but I wanted to look because I knew that my father had walked into the room. So I lifted my head with great difficulty and turned it towards the front. And that All I saw was this giant smoke like figure that filled the entire floor to the ceiling, which was a good, if I remember correctly, 30 or 40 feet high. And what I felt in my heart was that dad had just showed up. He wanted to see what his boys were doing. That was the love I felt. They were afraid, but when they lifted up their eyes, they saw Yeshua. That's all they saw. And now when they came down from the mountain, Yeshua commanded them, saying, tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. Tell this vision to no one. And in the New Testament, a vision refers to visual or audible disclosure from God, from the divine. And will come in various ways, whether the appearance of God, the angel of the Lord, a heavenly voice. Mark and uh, Luke have different, they tell the story just a little differently. Came down from the mountain, this is Mark 9. He commanded them that they should tell no one the things that they had seen till the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Luke says they kept quiet and told no one in those days any of the things that they had seen. And the three depictions of the Lord in Matthew. Yeshua is addressed as Lord. In Mark, it's rabbi. And in Luke, it's master. He's all those things. They, and they didn't tell anyone what they had seen. They didn't tell their fellow disciples and brothers what they had seen. They couldn't explain it anyway. I mean, what are they going to say? If you've ever had that experience and tried to explain it, it's, it's not real easy. Now, it says they were up on a mountain. According to Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary, the traditional site, is taught as Mount Tabor in the lower Galilee. But the problem is, it's not a very high mountain. It's only 1,850 feet. And at that time was fortified and accessible to them. It's more likely that it was Mount Hermon, which is 9,100 feet. And it's to the north of Caesarea Philippi. And that's where I believe it was. Because I believe that the meeting between Yeshua Moses and Elijah took place on the same mountain where the watchers had come down in Genesis 6. And instead of watching mankind, they intermingled with them and created the corruption, the Nephilim, which then brought the flood. God does everything with a specific purpose. And I believe that this was an in-your-face, because at the bottom of that mountain were the The temple of Pan and the the grotto of Pan and the pagan gods were worshipped, and some of that lit was left over from the watchers. And here you have this transfiguration, this declaration, this sign for everybody in the spirit to see, because if they saw it, you have to know that the fallen and their demons saw it, the glory of God in Messiah, just like on Mount Sinai, the original shining, the original splendor, the the one who spoke light into existence. How can you not get excited about this word? How can you not get excited about the example that's been given to us? You've had your eyes opened. All of this has been there. It's always been there. Like I said, I've been saved 33 plus years. I've been teaching for at least 30 of those years, maybe 31, because Shelley put me, I to say put to work, but he threw me right into the kingdom business. And every time I read, every time I study, every time I prepare to come here with you, I, I see something different. How could you not get excited about that? Hebrews 1 says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. Oh, hallelujah. Right there is the answer. He used to speak to the prophets, now he speaks to us through his son, which we get through the Holy Spirit, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person in upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. That name, that name. There is no other name but Yeshua. No other name but Jesus. No other name in heaven and earth by which men might be saved. Salvation comes in no other name. Freedom comes in no other name. Awakening comes in no other name. That word transfigure, he was transfigured. It means to change the appearance or form. They were seeing him from who he he really was underneath the skin and the clothing. The passive form of the Greek word metamorpho. is the same term that's used into the development of our nature, the renewal of our mind, the changing. Romans 12:2 Do not be conformed to this world but be what be transformed be transfigured be changed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What is the will of God? That everyone be saved. The will of God is that everyone would know his son. The will of God is that they would be reconciled back to him. 2 Corinthians 3.18, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of Adonai, the glory of the Lord, are being what? Transformed, going through a metamorphosis into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. You are transformed. You are changed every time you spend time in his glory. Get away from the world. Put the world away and get into his presence. Get into his glory. Now, Peter confirms this experience in Second Peter chapter 1. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the the Father, honor and glory, when such a voice came to him, from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice, which came from heaven, when we were there with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Peter was saying, I'm telling you a story that I was an eyewitness to, when I give you your te- my testimony, I'm giving you a story that I'm an eyewitness to. When you give your testimony, you are testifying to something that you are a witness to. Now, the morning star appears when the night is almost over, shortly before the new day breaks. The morning star has risen in our hearts, and we've been changed ahead of the day to be ready for it. So you are not going to be ready if your eyes are not on him. If your eyes are not on the cross, if that's not the marker that you start with, if your eyes are on religion or denominationalism or this prophet or that teacher, no, no, no. Anybody who doesn't point you to Yeshua, anyone who doesn't point you to the cross, anyone who doesn't point you to the empty tomb, anyone who doesn't tell you about the upper room, I'd suggest you stay away from, because there's only one name, no other name, no other person no other place. Philippians 3, brethren, join in following my example. I'll give you it. It's verse 17. Join in my example and note that those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I've told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Messiah, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who have set their mind on earthly things, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await for the Savior, Adonai Yeshua HaMashiach, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, who will transform, there's that word again, who will transform our lowly body, that we may, may be conformed, to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. That's the moment that the completion of Calvary happens. That's the moment that we not only go back to the spirit that Adam had in the garden, we go back to the body he had to. So I am exhorting you, I am pleading with you to get your eyes off the world and trying to see two things at once you try to look at two things at once, you're going to be cross-eyed. Well, the only cross that you need to see in your eyes is his cross. That's our landmark. You can't focus on both. You can't see the world and you can't see the cross. You can't see your fleshly desires and the things of the flesh and expect to see properly. My heart's cry, if you're not hearing it, is for so many of you that are struggling right now in so many areas of your life is to get your eyes off of your circumstances and get them onto him. Get your eyes off of the world and get them onto him. Get your eyes off of the enemy and get it onto him. There'll be time enough to deal with the enemy when he gives you an assignment to go do it. But even when you pray and you intercede, you're praying to him, you're talking to him, you're spending time with him. Glory to glory, transformation. If you desire that, if you desire that, I'm going to pray right now. You pray to receive. You pray to be changed. And if you don't want that, and you were just here for some teaching and some knowledge, that's all fine and good. I I give that. I do that. But that's not why I'm here. There are a lot of books written. There are a lot of teachers. There are a lot of eggheads. There are a lot of people out there saying something. I want you to get to the place where you're doing something. I want you to get to the place where you're plundering the kingdom of darkness, setting the captives free. Laying hands on the sick and they recover. Casting out demons. Raising the dead. I'm going to get that one. I believe it. The Lord said that I could have whatever I desire. I asked him for the gifts he gave Him, Because I want to be like him. I want to walk like him. I want to talk like him. I want to be like him. Lord, I'm praying for your sons and your daughters right now. I'm praying for those that are listening. Who have gladly received you in their heart. And made you Lord of their life and who have been stirred up and yearned for what I'm talking about, who want more, who are tired of this world, tired of this fallen world system, tired of watching your children suffer, tired of watching the enemy getting away with what he gets away with. Let us go. Let us run. Let us walk. Let us fly. Let us be who you need us to be, who we desire to be. Change us, Lord. Transform us even more. Glory to glory. We know that one day this body will be changed and we won't have colds and flus or any of these earthly viruses. We won't have sickness. We won't have injuries. We won't have disease. But until then, we stand. We believe. We receive. We are new creations. We are your sons. We are your daughters. And we love you. We desire to be like you. We desire to be able to tell others, hey, I got something for you. And when I'm done, you're going to open your eyes and you're going to see like you've never seen before. If you agree with me, if that's what you want, just say amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord, I, lift up his countenance upon you, and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.